Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This Day in Crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad-free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to TenderFit Plus at tenderfitplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Let's start the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Todd McComas, and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy Tuesday to join the show. I know you've been busy improving the lives of your nation's youth or ensuring everyone has power to their homes or whatever it is you do for work. So let's get you caught up on today's crime news by handing things over to Laura Benson. Today's show is full of the classics, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Filming a sex tape at work is technically not illegal. The age-old brothel versus church battle rages on, a massive Oregon drug bust, Super Bowl partying starts a bit early for Patrick Mahomes' dad. And unlike Haley Joel Osmond, this guy steals from dead people. All this and more in a good day of fun here at This Day in Crime. I'm Laura Benson, and today is Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. Cops on Capitol Hill have refused to file charges against a former Senate staffer who was booted out of his job in December over a sex tape filmed in a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing room. So, I guess it technically has been classified as not a crime, but I'm still putting it in the show. Aiden Mace Sarovsky is the former staffer in question. He used to work for Senator Ben Cardin until he was identified in a roughly eight-second-long video of filmed intercourse with a male partner that took place in the same room where Supreme Court nominees are questioned by lawmakers. In December, the video began circulating around social media. Yikes. And Mace Sarovsky's face was apparently pretty clearly visible. Double yikes. Initially, the activity appeared to be in violation of D.C. law for public indecency, but after investigating, the U.S. Capitol Police have decided that, quote, despite a likely violation of congressional policy, there is no evidence that a crime was committed. If having sex on a shared table where judges are interviewed isn't against congressional policy, I really hope this changes that. May Sarabsky invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination during the investigation. But he did post on LinkedIn, quote, While some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment, I love my job and would never disrespect my workplace. He goes on to say, Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated, and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. I just love how bold this is. 
I suppose Aiden loves his job so much he doesn't see this as disrespectful. Regardless, I feel for the guy. You never want something like this getting out and being seen by thousands of people, and I'm happy to hear that no one is getting arrested in this case. Although his job search may be tough. San Diego cops have busted up an underground brothel that has been causing quite the ruckus. After receiving complaints from multiple nearby businesses and locals, police launched an investigation into the Ocean Spa massage parlor. Apparently, complaints ranged from sexual noises disrupting a church service and youth Bible group that was next door to people seeing folks engaging in sexual activities in cars. And no, this isn't your typical teens making out in the church parking lot deal. The San Diego Police Department devoted more than 125 hours last year investigating the massage parlor, which ultimately led to at least four instances where undercover cops were offered sex by employees. Police also uncovered over 1,200 online ads for the sex parlor over the last five years. Four people were arrested for prostitution, and the city is taking legal action to shut the parlor down, including the city attorney's office seeking more than $100,000 in civil penalties and reimbursement. Brothels posing as massage parlors is so common it's become a bit of a trope, but San Diego officials shared that the issue has worsened in the past year. Enforcing these crimes has apparently become trickier after California passed a law that loosened the penalty for loitering, SB 357. The law was intended to decrease the unfair targeting and violence by police towards specifically transgender women and people of color. However, some San Diego authorities and residents argue that the law has emboldened sex workers in a new way, and it's concerning. They claim that sex trafficking has also increased. In some neighborhoods, it's become commonplace for prostitutes to be out at intersections in the daylight, sometimes causing traffic backups while making a deal, and generally being less concerned about police action. We'll be right back after I tell you about something that's going to make your life way better. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed 
or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Van Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Now on to the promised drugs part of the show. 1.4 metric tons of liquid heroin were confiscated in Oregon over a week ago, and the four suspects that were arrested appear to have connections to an international drug ring from Mexico. The bust happened on January 25th at a motel in Tigard, Oregon, after authorities were tipped off about a load being hauled in a rented truck accompanied closely by a red pickup. This is part of an ongoing multi-agency drug trafficking investigation that authorities are trying to get a handle on after gaining information about large quantities of drugs being transported into Oregon consistently. I'd say that 1.4 metric tons qualifies as a pretty large quantity. After obtaining federal search warrants for the vehicles and the suspect's motel room, investigators found eight 55-gallon barrels containing 370 gallons of liquid narcotics inside the moving truck and found two loaded handguns in the hotel room. Three of the suspects were identified as residents of Yakima, Washington. Marco Antonio Magallon, 44, Luis De Leon Woodward, 26, and Jorge Luis Amador, 25. The final suspect's place of residence is currently unknown. He was identified as Santos Elisael Aguilar Maya, 32. All four men are being charged with conspiracy to distribute and possession with intent to distribute heroin. Next up, Patrick Mahomes Jr. has been trending in the news because he's about to play his fourth Super Bowl in only his sixth year in the NFL. His father, Patrick Mahomes Sr., has been trending in the news because he seems to be celebrating a bit early. Senior, who pitched in the major leagues from 1992 to 2003, is facing his third DWI charge following an arrest on Saturday night in Tyler, Texas. Mahomes apparently had an open can of beer in his center console at the time of arrest and failed his sobriety test after being pulled over for overdue tags. I gotta say, I used to live in Texas and the cores in the center console look is almost a fashion statement down there, but I digress. Patrick Sr. is the host of The Big Mahomes Show, a weekly podcast that, quote, pulls the curtain back on professional sports. Unfortunately, Mahomes Sr. has been pulling back the curtain on his own personal life a little too far. Just book an Uber, or a Lyft, or a limo. Although, this being his third DWI, if he's convicted, he's facing up to 10 years behind bars and won't be driving for a while. On to the rock and roll. Todd covered some of our top stories of musicians getting in trouble with the law in yesterday's show, but I was able to dig up one to make this trio really work today. Marilyn Manson has completed 20 hours of community service after being charged with an assault misdemeanor after allegedly blowing his nose on a camera woman at a New Hampshire concert in 2019. Remember in 2020 when people were all upset about COVID-19 and some folks who were really angry were intentionally sneezing on others? I guess they were all just Marilyn Manson fans. He was the OG trendsetter. Susan Fountain, the videographer that Manson spit at and then blew his nose on, charged Manson in 2021 for the incident that she claimed was, quote, the most disgusting thing a human being has ever done. Clearly, she doesn't listen to the show. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting, but it's far from the worst. 
At the time, Manson's attorney said the misdemeanor claim, which can carry a jail sentence of up to a year and a $2,000 fine, was pursued after the camera woman asked for $35,000 for the effects on her camera equipment. Now, Manson is known for doing provocative and questionably gross things on stage, but in this case, it didn't go over well. Maybe he'll be thinking twice about hawking fluids at people in the future. Next up, a child in a red onesie gleefully steals an Amazon package off a porch. Really, what's more rock and roll than that? Maybe it's a little more punk rock. The fashion, the nonchalant attitude, the not apologizing, it's all there. Miami police are a bit confounded at this theft, and they're looking for the pair of porch pirates. According to video footage, an adult woman is seen and heard instructing the kiddo to go get a package off the victim's porch while she keeps her distance. The kid is delighted and exclaims, I got it. Only about $40 worth of clothing was in the bag, but with the rise of this type of theft, police are trying to track down the woman in the video. They've released a video on their social media, and according to Miami police spokesperson Mike Vega, this is the first time he's ever seen a child involved like this. Obviously, the child is not standing charges, but the adult woman may be. Even if it's a crime, it's pretty darn cute. Remember the movie The Sixth Sense? I see dead people. Well, this guy sees dead people's credit cards as still living. A medical examiner office employee has been arrested after allegedly using credit cards of the deceased. Daryl Fernando Reed Jr., 38, was arrested in late January for allegedly swiping multiple bank cards belonging to deceased people while working at two medical examiner's offices, one in Florida and one in New York City, over the past few years. Reed has apparently been making posthumous transfers to his own bank account from a number of folks he's examined using Cash App. Authorities were tipped off in October of last year when Reed was working as an investigator with the Broward County Medical Examiner's Office in Florida. The daughter of a deceased man noticed suspicious card activity after his death, mostly that there was card activity. Reed was allegedly seen jotting down the dead man's Bank of America card information while responding with nine other employees to a condo call in Coral Springs, Florida, where the card owner had passed in his condo two weeks prior. The bank card was also found out on the kitchen counter by the deceased man's daughter after being documented as one of the items found inside a wallet during the death examination. It seems like Reed wasn't too concerned about getting caught. A subsequent investigation found that Reed had allegedly swiped cards from at least three other dead victims. Reed was charged with three counts of fraudulently using the personal identification information of a deceased person and fraudulent use of a credit card. That's all for today. Thank you all so much for listening to This Day in Crime, and stay tuned for a great episode coming your way tomorrow from Eric Quintana. I'll see you again on Thursday. Have a great week and stay safe. This Day in Crime is a production of Tenderfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, produced in association with Burning Mountain Productions. Sources for today's episode and full credits can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. We're back at it tomorrow. Thanks for listening.